Okay, welcome. Welcome to Hope Chapel. I'm Pastor Rob. If you, have, uh, if you don't know me, one of the staff pastors here. And we're in a series called Unlock. Unlocking your full potential. And I really want you to engage this message. I want you to have your notes, get your Bible out, get, turn your phone on, whatever it takes, because I need you to know that tonight's message is, can be very impactful in your life, big time, if you engage this message. And we're in the, in the unlock, your passion, uh, unlock Your Potential series. And I want you to know that for a staff pastor like Frank and I and the rest of the team that makes up your staff, every single day we wake up with one thing in mind, to make sure you do reach your full potential, to make sure that you live the best life possible by connecting you to God, to God's family, to equipping you to serve, and to empowering you to win the world. And that's what really drives us. And we want you to know that we know that God wants your best for you. Absolutely wants the best for you. And I want you to know, I, have, I picture myself, and I'm a lot closer to dying than most of the people in this room. That's a fact. I'm just saying. But I am thinking about when I get to heaven, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, I can't wait to get there because I want to start high-fiving everybody. I want God to high-five me for the life that I lived. I want, to say, I want the Lord to say, well done. Whoa. Man, all those gifts, all those dreams, all those things I gave you, all those assignments along the way, man, you did a good job. Give me five. Because what I don't want to hear is standing before the Lord and going, wow, you missed it. All those dreams I put in your heart, all those gifts I gave you, all those desires I wanted you to accomplish, all those people I wanted you to touch, wow. It didn't work. You were too afraid. You didn't take time. The last thing I'd want to hear from God, I'd want his hands in the air and go, wow, Rob. You missed it. I remember Ralph Moore, the senior pastor many years ago of this church, the founding pastor, he preached a message on, uh, on Matthew 25 where it says, well done, good and faithful servant. And at the end, he said in his message, I know I'm going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I know I'm going to hear that. And I remember this lady came to me after the service and she goes, man, that was the most arrogant thing I've ever heard a pastor say. How could that pastor say that? I said, whoa, well, if you think you're going to get to heaven and you've got your fingers crossed, your legs crossed, oh God, I hope I hear it. I hope I hear it. It's way too late. Are you catching me? If you're living a life so glued to God, so passionately in love with him, I promise you, you're going to get to heaven. He's going to high five you and go, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You see, God to understand your full potential, you have to understand just how special and unique you really are. When the creator of the universe created you, he did it lovingly and caringly and purposefully and passionately. He's given you talents and a personality and gifts and abilities and experiences like no one else on this planet. When he made you, he stepped back and goes, wow, I am so proud of what I've done. That's how passionately God loves you. In Ephesians, in Ephesians 2, 10, it says this, an amazing word picture of God's view of us. Let me tell you, very important to understand this. You know, if you're thinking about where you're gonna eat and what's going on and I'm bored already, tune me back in right now. 
Because this is, I'm going to say something very important to you in your walk with the Lord. If your reality is this, that because you've made mistakes, you've done things, you've made wrong choices, and how could God love me? If your reality, and you look in the mirror and you look at that person, and that's how you think God loves you, I am telling you, you couldn't be farther from the truth. Because the reality is, no matter what you did this week, no matter what you said or wished you could have done, God could not love you any more than he does right now. Here's what it says in Ephesians 2.10. It says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus to do good things he's planned for us long ago. We are God's masterpiece. Now, if you're like me and you got dressed this morning and you look in the mirror to make sure that was, everything was where it's supposed to be and you looked in that mirror, I promise you're like me, you go, whoa, that is no masterpiece. <laughs> Am I far from the truth here? Because along the way, we've tarnished that masterpiece. We've made mistakes along the way. We've done things that we wish we wouldn't have done. We've said things. We've hurt people. We've held grudges. We've held offenses. And we look in that mirror, and we, the last thing we see is a masterpiece. Am I right? But here, I need you to understand this. I need you to grasp this, because everything I say past this will make zero sense if you don't grasp this one thing. The reality is, because a lot of times, you know, our perception of things, we keep saying things over and over again, and then it becomes our reality, even though it's not true. Do you understand what I just said? We can talk ourselves into the truth when it's not. We just believe it is. Here is the reality of God the Father, the creator of the universe, and the person who made you per personally says you're his masterpiece. He stepped back when he, done, when he finished creating you and goes, wow, I couldn't have done any better. Can you grasp that? That is hard to get your mind around. But that is the reality. God loves you passionately, unbelievably. I need you to understand this too. In Ephesians, the third chapter, which is absolutely my favorite verse in the Bible. I've studied this verse. I say it literally every day. It's only really the strongest verse I've had memorized. But this is the most powerful of, of, uh, verse to expand on what I just said and the reality of God's passion for you. Because, you know, you can't love God and you can't love others until you realize how much God loves you. Let me read this for you. I hope it's on the screen. In Ephesians, the third chapter, it says, when I think of all of this, Paul says this, I fall on my knees. Hold on one second. I just want to, you know, throw something in here. You have to understand who's actually writing this. The Apostle Paul is writing this. Let me tell you about the... Uh, anybody have an interpretation for that? Never mind. Sorry. The Apostle Paul was a hater of God. He, when the Messiah, he was a Jew. He was a rabbi. He was a strict Jew, the Apostle Paul. And when Jesus came on the scene, he could not accept the fact that Jesus was called the Messiah. He could not put that around him, around his mind. And he went about making sure that anyone that did believe in Jesus was either flogged, put in prison, or even killed. Until, God, until Paul had an encounter with God so powerful that he spent the rest of his life passionately, passionately following after Jesus. And here's what he says to us, 
to his, the rest of his children in the world. He says, when I think of all this, I fall on my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. And I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, you know what that means? Can I say that really clearly? Nothing's impossible with God. Amen. That he will empower you with an inner, inner strength through his Holy Spirit. Paul's saying, I pray that he empowers you with the Holy Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in his heart as you trust in him. May your roots, may the core of your being grow deep down into God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how deep his love really is. But then it goes, says this. Though it's so great, we'll never fully understand it. See, God knew that we, he created finite beings, and we're talking about an infinite God. He knew that it would be almost totally impossible for us to totally come to the grips of God's grace in our life. But he says, Paul says, I hope, you full, I hope you can understand it. And here's the key verse, folks. Then you'll be made complete in the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Then you'll be made complete in the fullness and power that comes from God. Let me tell you what it just said. Paul's saying, when you come to understand the, the depth of God's love for you, no matter what you did or said in your life, when you come to that grip of grace, then you're going to understand and God's going to unfold for you, reveal to you that the full potential of who God made you to be will come to life. And with that comes the power to do whatever you pray for, whatever you hope for, whatever you dream for. The word power in this verse is the same word we get the word dynamite. It's, it's the word dunamis in the original language, and it means a miraculous power. Can I put this around your head, gang? We are limiting God's power in our life because we hold him at bay. We look in the mirror, and he, we couldn't, God couldn't possibly love us. And God's saying, I want you not only to understand my love, but I want to give you the power to change any circumstances in your life and those around you. Isn't that a good word? Yes. It says, and we're talking about, and we want you to reach your full potential. We're talking about the keys to get there. And last week, Pastor Tom brilliantly talked about two things that, I mean, before we really discover your full potential, you have to grasp this. First and foremost, the point was, the key was voice recognition. Because when you're asking the God of the universe, Lord, what would you have? What is my purpose? Because most of us always ask that, Lord, what do you want me to do? You have to be able to know his voice and he has to know yours. Because when you're asking, he's going to tell you, but you got to be able to be alert. You got to know what God wants you to do. And secondly, it says this, it says, we're talking about unshakable confidence because when the Lord of this universe speaks to you and says I want you to touch that person's life I want you to do that guess what you're gonna have to have the faith to do it you're gonna have to have the faith to know and you're gonna a lot of times by the way the Lord's gonna ask you to step a little bit outside your comfort zone how many know that ministry sometimes is not convenient and by the way God's not going to have you worry about selling something or doing something. God's economy is this, that his children, and who would be his children? Who would be, would you raise your hand if you consider yourself a child of God? In his economy, he's going to say, I want you 
to touch other people's lives. And he's going to ask you to do that along the way. Those are the assignments God has for us. But what I want you to know, when God says to do something, he's going to give you what it takes to do it. But you have to show up with what? Faith. You've got to show up with unshakable faith. And the, the key we're going to talk about tonight, I believe, is so important and so powerful and so profound, so divinely inspired, that the enemy, I want to give you a warning though, the enemy knows clear well, clearly how valuable this one key is, that he will stop at nothing to make sure you do not discover it, realize it, or use it in your life. Because what we're talking about is God-inspired passion. Inside of each one of us in this room looking at me is a passion that burns like nobody else. And I don't care if you're the most quiet, reserved person around. A person who likes to stay right by themselves, not very loud, not, you know, doesn't stand out, wants it like that, likes it like that. Or if you're over here and you're Frank Kamakungun. <laughs> or you find yourself somewhere in between. Passion is in every single one of us. Passion does not equate into somebody being loud and bold. It has the part of every one of us. God has put into your heart dreams and aspirations like no one else. Passion is the fuel that gives you life. Do you understand? Let me say that again. Passion is the fuel that gives you life. The word passion in the Greek language is the same word we get the word heart from. Having a heart for something. The Bible says, the Bible uses the term heart to describe the very core of who you are, your motivations, your inclinations, the very, the very essence of who you are. Is, that's what the Bible, how the Bible describes you. And the Bible says, your heart determines what you say, what you feel, and how you act. Here's an amazing thing about God. Every one of us in this room, our physical heartbeats like different, like no one else. Every, everyone in this room has a slightly different heartbeat. Isn't that amazing? The, the guy, one of, my, one of my dearest friends on this planet is a guy, that, a doctor, an optometrist who I golf with for the last 25 years. And I love talking to Dr. Earl about the eye. The eye is the most amazing thing. Every single one of us, our eye is completely different than anyone else. And if you look around this room and that you can recognize colors and shapes and people and sizes and everything just like that. Isn't God amazing? And he's given you a heartbeat that's like nowhere else. But he not only physically, he's given each one of us in this room an emotional heartbeat that beats like no one else. When we come in contact with activities or situations or circumstances or activities or people, your heartbeat races like nobody else. I love to golf. I'm passionate about golf. I dream about golf. I try to golf every single Friday. Most people around here, like I walked in the office today because I was preaching to come and, and to make uh, copy my notes for tonight's sermon so I could to get it together. And everybody, everybody walking, wait, aren't you golfing? 
If anybody wants to find me on a Friday morning, or find me on the golf course. I love to golf. Some of you are looking at me going, that is a complete and total waste of time and money. I couldn't. Some of you absolutely love technology and games. You love to play games on your computer. Just, it just drives you. Some of you love writing code and, and putting together and taking them apart. The rest of us in here, I barely can turn it on. Trust me, I couldn't care less about that computer. Couldn't care less. I mean, folks play these games, and they just, they're just into it. There's two or three people playing online all the time. They can play for hours. And I'm thinking, what a waste of time. See, everybody's different. Some people absolutely love things really organized, color-coded, and in place. Frank. I mean, it, it is amazing. You know, I mean, organize the max. Some of us, oh my gosh, our eyes roll back in our heads going, oh, organized. No way. Do you hear what I'm saying? Every one of us in this room cares deeply about some things and couldn't care less about others. God made you that way. That's an amazing thing. But passion is what fuel inspires your life. And I want you to know, God's put it on board and he wants it to fuel your life. You have it, and when you tap into it, it'll move you places like never before. I don't see Ernie Hunt here tonight. Ernie is our minister, our Celebrate Recovery minister, our pastor. And he has spent his life touching the folks at Hinamalka and the State Hospital. He has a passion. Ernie Hunt has been on our staff for many years, and Ernie Hunt makes this much money for his cause. Zero. He doesn't want to be paid. He is a volunteer. He's a volunteer pastor. He works as hard as any staff member. His desire to touch the people's lives at Hinamalka in the state hospital is unquestioned. He has a passion to see people's lives turned upside down. Ernie Hunt, once in his life, he's, he came to my, my wife, Debbie, and myself. We have a mini church. We've had that mini church for 25 years. And part of that journey of mini church, Ernie and Jody Hunt were in my mini church. And unbeknownst to me, he was drunk every time. He would sit here in the front row. He was, he's one of those front row guys. Well done, front row people. Well done. There's the front row people and the back row people. I'm the back row person myself too. So I, 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 you know, I understand the back row. But he was a front row guy. Drunk every week. Until he got really touched by God in an amazing way. And God spoke, uh, touched a passion in Ernie's Hunt, Ernie Hunt's life to touch other people who are dealing with being, being a, in bondage to drugs, alcohol. And he went over to the state hospital the other day and brought a whole bunch of people to the state hospital and walked them on the camp, campus and shared Jesus out there. And I was just blown away that he would do that. Yeah. I'm blown away. That is passion yes. for Jesus. Can I just say before I go any farther that I want you to know the enemy I was talking about, he wants to take that passion from you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Possibly he's already robbed it from you. And the number one passion killer what do you think it is fear fear is the number one passion killer some of our personalities in here just can't even handle the fear of failure it's debilitating 
fear, fear, failure is not an option, so if, just to make sure it's not, I won't even start. By the way, that is as far away from God's plan for your life as it could possibly be. Because God's grace is sufficient for every mistake you'll ever make. Are you hearing me? If you're worried about making a mistake, you are losing it. The other thing that people are afraid of, they're afraid of what people think. Because sometimes when you step out with passion, people might question you, go, what? What are you doing? Why are you so passionate about that? And you cannot be held in bondage by what other people think about you. And I want you to know another one is the fear of the unknown. You're not willing to step out into your passions, whatever those might be, because you're willing to settle for the what's known here, settling for what's known, because it's safe. Even though you can't even stand going to work every day, you can't stand the situation you're in, but you're not willing to change that because you're afraid of the unknown. And God says, I want you to follow your passions. Here's what it says. Check out this. In Deuteronomy, the third chapter, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, because of your issues, your, 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 your fears. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. Check this one out. Isaiah tells us this, the prophet Isaiah in 40, 41, 13. It says, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, don't be afraid, I will help you. Isn't that an amazing verse? All, and by the way, we read it before, all you have to do is tap into God. God, just hold my hand right, get me through this. I don't know what this is going to bring, but I'm willing to take, by faith, by unshakable confidence, I'm willing to walk through that door to understand my full potential. Are you hearing me? I'm saying to you, you have to ignite that passion. You know what another one is? Discouragement. You know, the, Satan decided to go out of business. He was gonna, he's out of it. He's going out, so he's going to sell all his tools. And he was busy getting everything cleaned up, and he decided to have a garage sale. He invited everybody. There was everything lined up against the wall, nice and neat. Lust and greed and jealousy, lying, murder, all of them it's nice and stacked up really good. All priced, ready to go. But in the, in the middle of the room was this really torn, worn tool. And it was 10 times more costly than anything else in the room. And he asked, why is that so expensive? Oh, that's my best tool. You see, when I use that tool, they don't even know it's me. That's discouragement. A passion killer is discouragement. We live in a world that just is coming at us at a million miles an hour, and I promise you somewhere along the way, you're going to get hurt. Things aren't going to go your way. The Word even tells us that. Be, there's trials coming your way, but know that I won't forsake you. I won't leave you. But if you let those, those trials and that discouragement get you down, you will not follow your passion. You know, I want to say one other thing about passion, too. Passion is not automatic. It says this in Romans, the 12th chapter. In the NIV, it says, Never be lazy, but work hard at serving the Lord with enthusiasm. Rejoice 
in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. God tells us right there. You know what? Your passion will ebb and flow. It can. But he, the Lord's saying, hey, keep it strong. Keep it enthusiastic. But I like it what it says in the message version. Check this out. Romans 12 in the, in the message version. It says this, don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. You want the burn of passion? You want to stay alive in passion? It says this. You got to keep it going. Circle the word keep. Because that's a really important word. That means it's not automatic. You have to discipline yourself. You've got to engage your part of this program, the process. That you've got to engage it. And when I'm saying about keeping your fire going, I'm saying that you, like in worship tonight, I, I look around the room, I want you to know that you have to engage this worship. We turn it up a notch in this room, and I know some of you have a hard time with that. But guess what you can do when we turn it up? You can sing loudly. I can sing loudly. I know I don't have a voice. But I can stand over here and I can sing with passion to my God because no one else can hear me. When we go in tonight, when we finish in worship, I want you, if you are struggling with passion in your life, I want you to, with all reckless abandon, look at, look at those words and sing them to the Lord with all your heart. You've got to be in the Word too. You've got to be in the Word. You've got to have an interaction with your Creator. You have to. There's a million different reading plans out there. But can I just give you one warning about a reading plan? If you're reading the plan just to get through the day so you can check it off, this is not going to go well. Because when you read the Word, you're reading the Word for one reason, and it's not knowledge. It's to hear from God. Because you will receive the, the knowledge. It comes on board. But I want you to read the word so that you can hear from God. You might word, read one word that day and it sets you ablaze. You might read a chapter, a page. And a chapter. You know what? Be hanging around. Get into mini church. We had an awesome mini church last night talking about last week's message about reaching our full potential. Get into, hang around with people that'll keep your passion alive. If you're going to hang out with people that are going to take you the wrong way, I promise you, your, your passion is going with them. Are you hearing me? Go to conferences. Go to hear great speakers. My son-in-law, Mikey, Mike Warden, out there somewhere. Dear, you know, love, I mean, I'm honored to have my family. But he went to the e &I uh, conference with us, and one speaker lit his fire like I have never seen a guy lit. Him and his wife, my daughter Elizabeth, and Mike. He, something hit, the, hit the, the flame in Mike. I love it. And those are the type of things you have to make yourself available to to keep your passion alive. Are you with me on that? Yeah. I want to also say this, that we have to have a passion for God. It's really important. It all starts really with that. It really starts with that. Because your passionate relationship with God will ignite every facet of your life. God would want you to have 
a passionate relationship with him because he's passionate about you. It says this in Psalm 30, 37, 4. It says, take delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord. Enjoy the experience with the Lord. Enjoy it. Take the delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. The two go together. Are you understanding? So your passionate love for God ignites something inside of you to see things that were not before seen. And that's that passion. It says this, you know, in, the, in, in Mark, it said a man came up to Jesus and he goes, hey, what do I got to do? What's the one thing I got to do? What's the most important thing I got to do? Tell me. I need to know. And he said this. It said, and it's a verse that you know all too well. You've read it so many times, I think we read right past it. It says this. I love the message version, by the way. It says this. Jesus said, the first in importance is listen, Israel. So he's saying, listen to me, because he's talking to the folks of Israel at the time. Listen to me. Listen up. The Lord your God is one. So love the Lord with all your passion, with your prayer, with your intelligence, and your energy. Love the Lord with all your passion. In the, in the version you have in front of you, it says this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The Lord's, what the Lord's saying is, if you want to follow me, you got to be all the way in. You can't be half-hearted. Half-hearted isn't going to get you anywhere. We're not going to have that relationship we need. Remember when I sit, read in Ephesians in the third chapter, it says that you'll have the fullness and life and power that comes from God. The fullness of life. That means everything, the abundance of life, the joy that comes with that is available through a passionate walk with God. Isn't that amazing? You know, we live in America. And in America, you know, it is awesome. We are passionate people. You know that? We're a passionate bunch. I'm sure they're passionate all over the world. You know, we're pa I'm passionate about my UH Warriors. Anybody else out there? You know... Here's a perfect example of passion with trial. See, we haven't won a game yet, but I'm still passionate. You know, Mike Warden is passionate about his Detroit Lions. Anybody know the Dodgers score right now? I'm dying to know. Look that, look that up and yell it out in a minute. Look that up. See, it was, going, it was an extra innings. I'm dying to know because I'm passionate about my Dodgers. What? Oh, moment of prayer. We're passionate about things, aren't we? Some of you, many of you are passionate about The Voice. Anybody watch The Voice? You're passionate. You can't wait to watch it. I mean, somebody get in your way from watching it, you're going to run them right over. You are watching that show. Nothing's keeping you from that show. And you can't wait to tell your friends the next day, did you see who made it? Did you, did you hear what that judge said? You're passionate. We're passionate people. But you know what it's not okay to be passionate about in America? God. It's not, it's politically incorrect. God must be going, what? I'm the creator of the universe. What happened? And I want to just say that the word says in Romans, the first chapter in verse 16, it says, 
Paul tells us again, don't be ashamed of the gospel for it is the power to change things. And that same word power is the same word in, in Ephesians, the third chapter. It's the duna, it's dunamis, that dynamite, that miraculous power. If you're not ashamed of God, power is coming through you. Do you hear me? The word says, don't be ashamed of me. Be passionate. Be passionate about it. We, 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 we pull back. We, the one area of our passion in our life is kept under wraps. We, we don't let, you know what, only a few people need to know. Only the guys at church need to know I'm, I love the Lord. As far as I need to go. And God says, I want you to be, I want you to be out there. I want you to tell everybody. I want you to be light to the world. There's, there's a cause and effect here. You've got to walk away knowing this. If you're passionate about God, He's going to unveil things to you that were not yet seen. Are you with me on that? So important that you know that. It says this in, in, in closing. It says this in Ephesians, the third chapter, in verse 20 of what I was reading before, it says this. It says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us. He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever dare, dare, ask, or dream. Did you hear what I said? Now the glory be to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever dare, ask, or think. In Matthew chapter 25, it talks about the parable of the talents. Many of you know the story. About three guys where the, 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 the landowner gave the first guy 10 bags, 10 bags of, of gold, the next guy five bags of gold, and the third guy two bags of gold. And the word says that he gave it according to their abilities. In other words, not every one of us had the same abilities. Do you understand? Not, that's not a bad thing, not a good thing. He just gives it towards abilities. And he said, now go out and do something with it. So the first guy went out and he invested it. And he came back and, the, and the, doubled it. And the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. The second guy, he went out and he doubled it. And he said, well done, good and faithful servant. And the third guy, he goes, oh, I didn't want you to get mad at me, so I just buried it. And God said, you lazy guy. Give your stuff to them because you're, you're a bad dude. Here's the, here's the principle of that. God's give every one of us talents and giftings and personalities like no one else. And what God's saying is, please use it. Use it. And I will reward you for using it. Sometimes when I, because one of my passions in life is this. My passion is that you'll find your passion. If you met with me any, any times, you'll know that my, I really want to encourage you to be all that God who created you to be. It's really important for me to make sure that happens as a pastor. And many people, when I ask them, What's, what drives you? What's your passion? What are your dreams? Um, uh, hmm. Not sure. I want you to know that if you've fallen in a rut and life is kind of ebb and flowing and not the direction you want to go, I'm telling you, you haven't tapped into God's passion for you. And I want to say that I want you to do that this week. I don't want you to, I want you to do that tonight. I want you to have a time, an encounter with God and say, Lord, 
What fuels my fire? What burns deep within me? I want to do it. It might be completely out of my comfort zone, and I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to go wherever you want to go. I, I have this thing called the heart assessment. And if all what I'm saying to you makes sense, but you're still not sure where to go, I'm pretty sure that they either have hung it on, the, on our website or they will hang it on our website. And it's kind of a thing that you go through and you fill in some of the questions. It's going to ask you some questions along the way, and it will help you, prompt you to find out what it is that burns like you, in you like no one else. And if, if you don't really know what that passion is, I would love you to go online. Just fill out that heart assessment. Come talk to me. Because my desire and all of our staff's desire is that you would be all that God created you to be. Let's pray right now. Lord, I pray in, right, in Jesus' name and by the power of your Holy Spirit, from your glorious unlimited resources, you right now would give us a mighty inner strength, that you would speak to us clearly, that you would ignite that passion that you put there and only you put there, Lord, that we would serve you intently and passionately, Lord, that we would, you would give us the wind behind our sails to make a difference, Lord. You created us for greatness. And Lord, I pray that every one of us in this room would realize that and that our legacy would be that we're passionate about you. I pray, Lord, your Holy Spirit would fall on these people right now and that you would speak to them personally about how you've gifted them uniquely them. And for some of you in this room who've never come to a place where you said, Lord, I want you to come and guide me and comfort me. I want you to know that is available to you, but it is a choice. You have to choose this. If you've never come to a place in your life and says, Jesus, come into my life, into my heart, and take residence, you've got to do that. You've got to acknowledge him. It's a transaction made. When I just talked to you about Paul, the Apostle Paul, he had an encounter with Jesus. Most of the people in this room have had an encounter with Jesus. And tonight might be your night to have an encounter with Jesus. He died for you. He wants to give you his Holy Spirit. He wants to put his arms around you. He wants to be able to have you grab his right hand and take you through times of fear. But you got to do that. In a couple seconds here, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand when I count to three. And I want you to be thinking right now, Lord, are you speaking to me? Maybe you're just far from God. Maybe God, you knew God at one point in your life, but you just turned your back and said, I'm doing my own thing my own way. And tonight's your night to say, Lord, it's all about you. So I'm going to count to three, and if you want to accept Jesus into your heart, I want to pray for you. But you got to tell me who it is. You got to be, you can't be ashamed of this. You have to be proud of this. One, two, three. Raise your hand. I see you. Let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Hitchhike on my prayers. Just pray quietly as I pray, Lord. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Forgive me, Lord. I've done my own thing my own way, Lord. I acknowledge you're the creator of the universe and you're the creator of me. And I want all you have for me, Lord. And Lord, thank you for calling me tonight. And Lord, I pray you send your Holy Spirit into these hearts right now, into their heart. And Lord, that you'd bring them comfort and direction like no one else. Thank you for choosing them tonight to come to know you, Lord. And I pray that what they've just done would take root and their love for you would grow every single day until their passion for you burns so bright that everybody around them could see a reflection of you in them. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. We all said, amen. amen.